This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everyone, to Radio Days, old-time radio shows where you can get a real look at the face of America in the first half of the 20th century through the most popular entertainment medium of the day, radio. Burns and Allen was an American comedy duo consisting of George Burns and his wife, Gracie Allen. They worked together as a successful comedy team that entertained vaudeville, film, radio, and television audiences for over 40 years. The duo met in 1922 and married in 1926. George Burns was the straight man and and Allen played the silly, addle-headed woman. Their 30-minute radio show debuted in September of 1934 as The Adventures of Gracie, and then the title changed to the Burns and Allen Show two years later. The series ran, moving back and forth between NBC and CBS until May of 1950. After the radio show's cancellation, Burns and Allen re-emerged on television with a popular situation comedy which ran from 1950 to 1958. Burns and Allen's radio show was inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame in 1994. Burns wrote most of the material and played the straight man, Gracie played the dumb Dora stereotype, which was common in early 20th century vaudeville comedy. The show was sponsored by Lever Brothers' Swan Soap, which was handled by J. Walter Thompson Ad Agency, which also handled other big radio shows of the day, and took advantage of those connections to move celebrities between shows to spice up the mix and do some very effective cross-marketing. Jack Benny, who was George's closest friend offstage, was a regular guest on the Burns and Allen show, as well as Gail Gordon, who is remembered best as Mr. Mooney on The Lucy Show, and in one of today's episodes, you'll hear the voice talent of Mel Blank as the smiling postman. Blank did all the Disney voices, except one, Elmer Fudd. Meanwhile, Gracie was a frequent guest on a number of other radio shows, which provided tremendous exposure for Burns and Allen. The two were inseparable. When Gracie passed away in 1964 with heart problems, George kept working, and working, landing movie roles, possibly the best remembered being his role as the cigar-smoking god in the 1977 movie Oh God with John Denver. Burns always seemed to look older than his age, and that became a running gag on the radio show, even in the late 30s and 40s, as George approached 50. After Gracie died, he would visit her grave site regularly to talk to her. As an added note, George Burns lived and worked till the age of 100. In the first of today's two Burns and Allen episodes, dated August 31st, 1943, Gracie arranges a singing contest between her husband George and Frank Sinatra. And in the second, titled H&R Blockhead, dated July 13th, 1937, Gracie's answers to their bookkeeper's questions drive their bookkeeper crazy. And now, Burns and Allen. Yes, it's the Amadev Show, transcribed in Hollywood and starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, B. Benedetta, Doris Singleton, Hal March, Marvin Miller, Harry Lubin, and the Amadev Orchestra. For healthy laughter, it's George and Gracie. And for healthier teeth, for fewer cavities, it's Amadev Toothpaste. George took Gracie to the ballet, and it's an evening he'll never forget. But he'd like to. To Gracie, it was a new and exciting experience, and she's still thrilled about it. Oh, gee, everybody was there. Did you notice Bob Taylor and Barbara Stanwyck sitting in front of us? Yeah, that Barbara Stanwyck certainly is gorgeous. Oh, I'll say. Those actors really marry beautiful women, don't you, George? (laughs) Yes, that we do. 
Uh, during intermission, there was some very exciting gossip in the powder room. Yeah. And Mrs. Harris said, I wonder why Sarah Treadwell didn't come to the ballet. So I said, well, maybe she had a fight with her husband. And she said, oh, not Sarah. And I said, well, I don't blame her if he's running around with another woman. And so she said, poor Sarah, who'll take care of their five children? And I said, well, not that no-good husband of hers. Oh, that sounds real exciting. Yes. It would be even more exciting if I knew who Sarah Treadwell was. You, uh, you don't know Sarah Treadwell? I don't even know Mrs. Harris. Interesting yarn. Uh, what did you... What did you think of the ballet? Oh, I loved it. Although you dozed off a couple of times. I ate too much dinner. Pickles were delicious. But the dancers were so polite. They danced on their toes so they wouldn't wake you. Well, to show my appreciation, I'll go backstage and teach them how to dance the Peabody. Peabody? What's that? He's a banjo player who's married to Sarah. I wish he'd started chasing her ten minutes sooner. Well, we'll read about it in Luella Parsons column. <laughs> Honey, that was the idea of the ballet. When the fellow caught the girl, the show was over. It's a good thing Bill Goodwin isn't a ballet dancer. The show would have been over in two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Bill is slowing up. Come in. Hello, George. Hello, Ralph. How are you? Gracie, you know Ralph Hanley. He makes out our income tax every year. Oh, of course. How are you, Mr. Hanley? Fine, thank you, Mrs. Burns. Uh, George told me you were coming, so to help you, I figured out our income tax. You'll find it on the desk. The government owes us $6 million. <laughs> Mrs. Burns, how did you ever get such a figure? Oh, no starches and plenty of exercise. <laughs> Lots of fresh air, too. Oh, uh, by the way, Mr. Hanley, how come we never got the $9 million? Out? They're waiting until next year, and then they'll send us the state of Texas. <laughs> Ralph, have you had breakfast? Would you like Gracie to scramble some eggs? Oh, please, George, we're out of eggs. The grocer left a dozen yesterday. I know, but I heard about a new thing called an egg shampoo, so I tried it. And when I shampooed the eggs, they broke. <laughs> uh, just fix us some coffee. All right. Well, Ralph, how's the tax look this year? Oh, about the same as last. But I've been listening to you sing on the program, and we can deduct for that throat operation. I didn't have a throat operation. I know, but you're going to, aren't you? <laughs> Just make out the text. When I need bad jokes, I'll send for my writers. <laughs> I was only kidding, George. By the way, I see you're getting your money from a new source this year. No, I'm still married to Gracie. Oh, oh. <laughs> you, you mean the, the, the sponsor, the new sponsor? Yeah. How are they? Oh, they're wonderful people. I've been using that Amadan toothpaste, and it's great. Well, thanks, Ralph. Uh, George, uh, if you'll give me the canceled checks and records, I'll get busy. But please, don't let Gracie help me this year. Last year, when I took her to have some papers notarized, the man asked her to identify herself, so she opened her compact, looked in the mirror, and said, Yes, it's me, all right. Well, I'll see that she doesn't bother. Come in. Hello, George. Is Gracie here? I'd like to speak to her. Gracie, Harry Morton wants to see you. I'll be Harry, this is Ralph Hanley, my income tax man. Well, I don't know how you do, Mr. Morton. What do you want to see Gracie about, Harry? Well, tomorrow's Blanche's birthday, George, and I don't know what to get her. I thought maybe a diamond ring or a new car. By the way, Mr. Hanley, is that deductible? No, it isn't. I don't know what to get her. I thought maybe a handkerchief or bobby pin. <laughs> Pipe cleaners would be nice. <laughs> Hello, Gracie. George, I fixed some coffee for you, Mr. Hanley. You'll find it on the stove. Thanks. And I thought you'd like something to go with the coffee, so I made you some tea. <laughs> Good. Now we can dunk. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Ralph. Let's go in the den and get started on this task. Gracie, I'm trying to decide what to give Blanche for her birthday. Have you heard her mention anything she'd like? No, but... Why don't you get her a green necklace to match the gold bracelet you gave her for Christmas? <laughs> oh, she's got enough jewelry. 
Say, do you think it'd be all right if I gave Blanche a pet? Well, why not? You're married. <laughs> no, no, I mean something like a dog. Oh, no, don't get a dog. I had one, and he couldn't even learn to run and fetch a stick. I threw that stick and brought it back between my teeth a hundred times. <laughs> that stupid dog just sat there and looked at me like I was crazy. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, you're right about the dog, Gracie. Perfume might be nicer, or maybe a pretty nightgown. Well, that's a good idea. Oh, I can just picture Blanche in a sheer black nightgown. Me too. Well, there goes that idea. <laughs> Think of something, Gracie. Oh, I've got it. A television set. My Uncle Fred just bought a beauty for $12,500. $12,500 for a television set? Well, that included the bar. That's what he really wanted. <laughs> hey, I know what I'll get. Blanche has always wanted an alligator bag. I'll surprise her with that. I'll put it in a candy box so she won't guess what it is, and when she opens it up, she'll faint. <laughs> Oh, this is a wonderful idea. Oh, it's nothing. I've got a million of them. I'll be running along. Um, George, Harry is leaving. Hey, Harry. Before you go, the Friars are giving a little sociable Friday night. Would you like to be my guest? There'll be some swell entertainment. Jolson, Groucho, Crosby, Hope, Benny, Cantor, Jessica. Well, I, I'd, I'd love to, George, but I can't Friday. Spade Cooley is on television. <laughs> Spade Cooley, huh? I'll bring the friars to your house. So long. So long. <laughs> Can you imagine a man being that stupid? Yeah, isn't he a dope? Spade Cooley's on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, well, I better get back and help Ralph with the tax. Oh, George, would you ask him how much a woman can deduct for a missing husband? Who's, uh... Who's missing? Uncle Joe, Aunt Clara's husband. And if the government were allowed to... I've seen Aunt Clara. Joe isn't missing. He's hiding. <laughs> oh, no, no, George. He's missing. You see, Uncle Joe's hobby was blowing glass. Every night he'd sit on the back porch blowing glass. And one night he blew... <laughs> I'll read it again, huh? Well, let's take it again. Uh, would you like to have me give you two beats? No, I don't. Oh, no, George, he's missing. This is Uncle Joe. Yes. Yeah. You see, Uncle Joe's hobby yeah. was glass blowing. Oh, he was a glass blower. Every night he'd sit on the back porch blowing glass. Yeah. And one night he blew a bottle around himself. He sat on the back porch and blew a bottle around himself? Mm -hmm. and in the morning, the milkman took him away with the empty. Gracie, you don't believe that story, do you? Well, why not? Lots of people have back porches. Oh, yes, I forgot that, yeah. Oh, and poor Aunt Clara had to support herself selling homemade bread. Well, that's not easy. Oh, Aunt Clara is a very smart businesswoman. She didn't sell her bread the day she made it. She kept it till the next day. Why was that? Well, that way it was day old bread and she could sell it cheaper. <laughs> Sounds right to me, isn't that right? Well, Ralph can't help Aunt Clara. He specializes in actors. He just finished Jack Benny's income tax yesterday. <laughs> when Benny heard the bad news, he went down to Max Factors and tore his hair out. <laughs> Do, uh, do actors have special deductions, George? Sure. For example, the other day, you bought stamps to answer my fan mail. That's deductible. Gee, that's three cents right there. <laughs> Wait a minute. Three cents? You told me you spent $32 in three cents. Explain that. Well, um, you know how on the way to the post office you passed Bullock's? Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> hey, look. Uh, excuse me, Mrs. Burns. I can't go on with your tax until you explain some of these expenses. Now, here's an item. $50 for 10 pogo sticks. Why did you buy 10? That's all they had. 
But, Mrs. Burns, what do you want with them? Those sticks come in very handy in case you're attacked by a pogo. <laughs> George, where's the aspirin? You'll find two bottles in the bottom drawer of the desk. Thanks. Gracie, just what is a pogo? I don't know. But I couldn't tell him that. He might think I was dumb. Now he thinks you're smart. But, Judge, do you think our tax bill will be very high this year? Yeah, but thank goodness for the community property law. Community property law? That's What's right. What's that? Well, it's a law that says that half of everything I've got is yours and half of everything you've got is mine. Oh? Then how come I only get one-fourth of what we make? <laughs> well, that's the way it works out. Uh, I'll show you. Now, here in my hand, I've got a dollar and change. Half of everything I've got is yours. Here's 50 cents. Thank you. Now, half of everything you've got is mine. How much have you got? 50 cents. Give me a quarter. <laughs> well, you see how it works? Mm-hmm, I see who it works. <laughs> Let's do that again, and this time I'll stop with the dollar. Okay. Now, half of everything I've got is yours. Hmm. Here's 50 cents. Thanks. Uh, how did that second part go again? Half of everything you've got is mine. How much have you got? Fifty cents. Give me a quarter. <laughs> Thanks. Hmm. You were right, George. It comes out the same way each time. Well, sure. <laughs> you know, you must get awfully discouraged being married to a woman who doesn't understand money. Well, sometimes it comes in real handy. <laughs> This is Bill Goodwin, folks. Are you reducing tooth decay with Amadent ammoniated toothpaste? Just think, till recently, no toothpaste or powder offered you the hope of fewer cavities. Then the great news broke. A sensational discovery to reduce tooth decay. An ammoniated dentifrice, Amadent. Magazines and newspapers spread the news. Dentists hailed the arrival of Amadent and recommended it to patients. Have you bought Amadent for your family? Are your children fighting tooth decay every time they brush their teeth? If not, if you're using today the same toothpaste you used a year ago, your toothpaste is not ammoniated. Your toothpaste can do no more to prevent cavities than it did last year. So please don't delay. Insist on Amadent. Amadent toothpaste and Amadent tooth powder are recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. <laughs> talking to Mr. Hanley about our income tax. I said, uh, why does the government need so much money? And uh, he said, because the government has got a $3 billion deficit. That's right. Well, why don't they buy a cheaper one? <laughs> they like the one with the rear view mirror. Oh. Gracie, the government needs our tax money to run the country. Part of it goes to, to pay the salaries of the president, the cabinet... The congressman? George, it's... do do Republicans have to pay part of President Truman's salary? Well, sure. That's really rubbing it in, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, and the government needs money to run uh, to run the army and the navy. Without soldiers and sailors, we uh, we wouldn't be safe. <laughs> I can see you've never been out with one. <laughs> 
And don't forget that our government is spending millions of dollars on European recovery. We send them food. That's, uh, that's called the, uh, the ERP. And then there We are... ought to change that. Change what? The ERP. Sounds like our food gives them indigestion. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll talk to Sarah Treadwell. <laughs> and Mrs. Harris. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt again, George, but these items are driving me nuts. Mrs. Burns, what is this? One wave, $110. $110? Gracie, who gave you that wave? Muriel Roberts. And when I waved back, I drove into a telephone pole. <laughs> Anything else you want to know, Ralph? Yeah, give me some more aspirin. <laughs> now, what are we talking about? Interesting stuff. The taxes. Well, now I'll show you how the government can save a fortune. Do away with the mint. Do away with the mint. Sure. Why Just do away with it. Yes. Yes. Why print money? Why not buy it ready-made? <laughs> That's an idea. We, we can buy it from China. I hear their money is very cheap. <laughs> yes, we can get some in Macy's basement. <laughs> and another way our government can save money? Stop printing stamps. We don't need them anyway. My sister Bessie mails letters every day and never uses a stamp. Then they must be returned. But that's the idea. Bessie's crazy about the postman. <laughs> I wish Bessie would get married. Yeah. Come in. Hi, Burns. Oh, hello, Bill. How are you, Bill? You still in love? Oh, more than ever, Gracie. It was just a week ago today that I met Ann Nelson, so I went to buy her some flowers. And while I was standing there waiting for them, I realized that this was the only girl for me. She really got you, huh? Oh, man, where'd you meet this florist? <laughs> you fell in love with the florist? It's a good thing you buy your cigarettes from a machine. Bill, what happened to Ann? Well, certain people said that I was interested in Ann just for her money. Who said that? Her banker, when I checked her account. Hey, Bill, do you mean to say that you walked into this florist shop and fell in love with the girl just like that? Oh, no, no. There was some dialogue first. I said, hello, miss, I'd like to buy some flowers. And she said, roses are nice. And I said, fine. She said, how do you like the stems? And I said, gorgeous. And the rest of you is cute, too. And we were engaged. Well, there's nothing like a nice long courtship. Gee, what a sweet girl, George. She gave me a carnation for my buttonhole. Well, now, that's a silly trade. What can she do with your buttonhole? <laughs> Press it in a book. See, Bill, Press I... Press it in a book. Oh, I don't... Bill, I'm going to ask the Mortons over for dinner tomorrow night. It's Blanche's birthday. How about you and your girl joining us? Oh, we'd love to, Gracie. Oh, good. I'll phone Blanche. By the way, Bill, uh, what's your girl's name? Mona Knox. It used to be Ethel Knox, but the gasoline company paid her to change it. <laughs> my, uh... My first... My first name used to be Asbestos, but they paid me off, too. Asbestos Burns. Asbestos. Oh, I guess. Now, boys, please, there's an artist phoning. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Blanche. This is Gracie. Would you and Harry like to come over to dinner tomorrow night to celebrate your birthday? Oh, I'd love to. I'll ask Harry and call you back. All right. Incidentally, I helped Harry decide on your present. You'll love it. Oh, what is it, Gracie? Oh, I can't tell you. It's a surprise. Oh, please. Mm -mm. Well, let me guess. Uh, is it a new stove? Well, you're so close, I might as well tell you. <laughs> an alligator bag. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad you know, Blanche. 
he's going to put it in a candy box, and I was scared to death you might eat it. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I'll call you back, Gracie. Bye. Goodbye. Harry. Huh? Gracie just invited us over there tomorrow night for my birthday dinner. Oh, murder. I hope Gracie doesn't bake you a cake. Remember that soggy thing she baked for George's last birthday? Now, Harry, it wasn't her fault George's cake was soggy. No? No. Had so many candles, he couldn't blow them out. They had to turn the hose on it. <laughs> Why just stop exaggerating? George isn't as old as he looks. He couldn't be. <laughs> I've got news for you. Eighteen years with Gracie and Butch Jenkins would look like that. <laughs> Poor George is over there right now trying to figure out his income tax. Believe me, it would be a lot easier if it weren't for Gracie. I'll say it would. He wouldn't have any. <laughs> I don't see how that schnook ever tricked Gracie into marrying him. He didn't trick her. She wanted to get married the worst way. Well, she did. <laughs> Aren't we clever today? Well, I don't care. I love Gracie. She's very sweet to give me a birthday dinner. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get there. Last time I went over there to dinner, someone told Gracie that stewed chicken was the most tender. When I got there, George was trying to sober it up so he could kill it. <laughs> Anyway, her cooking is a lot better than Sugar Throat's entertaining. So help me, if he sings tomorrow night, I'll slug him with my new alligator bag. Alligator, so Gracie told you. I should have known I couldn't trust her. Well, it, it's really my fault she told me. I put the idea into her head. Blanche. Putting an idea into her head is like putting a basketball into a thimble. <laughs> oh, hush. I'll tell her we're coming. Hello? Gracie, this is Blanche. We'll be there for dinner tomorrow night. Oh, good. We'll expect you, Blanche. Oh, um, what kind of mints do you like? Wintergreen or clove? Why? I'm making hot mince pie. Uh, we're on a diet, Gracie. See you tomorrow night. Goodbye. Bye. George, uh, where did Bill go? His girl Mona sitting out in the car. I told him to bring her in. Oh, isn't it wonderful? At last, Bill is really in love. Yeah, I hope he doesn't meet anybody on the way out to the car. <laughs> what a guy. A new romance every week. George, it's me again. <laughs> Mrs. Burns, can you explain this item? One rubber boot for left foot, $10. Well, what do you want explained? Why did you buy it? It was a bargain. I got it for half what a pair would cost. But why did you buy one left boot? I've only got one left foot. Satisfied, Ralph? Oh, sure, sure. sure. I'll go in and finish the intum cacks. Income tax? Yeah. Hey, Ralph, you're going in the closet. Oh, pardon me. I'm a, I'm a little worried about that guy. Did you notice that dazed look on his face? Oh, that's nothing. Almost everybody I talk to has that look. Well, I'll tell you, I'm still... George and Gracie, I, I'd like you to meet my fiance, Miss Knott. Mona, this is Mr. and Mrs. Burns. Oh, oh how do you do? Nice to meet you. Bill has told me all about you. He says you've been working for him for almost ten years. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what Bill told you? Yes. 
He says you're a wonderful announcer. <laughs> Bill, this may come as a surprise, but I'm thinking very seriously of leaving you. Uh, George, Gracie, come here a minute. Hmm? Uh, play along with me. I'm trying to make an impression. Oh, okay. Mona, we're all going to play along with Bill. <laughs> Gracie! Mona is not in on this. Oh, forget it, Mona. <laughs> Uh, as I was saying, Mona, George has been announcing for me for ten years. Is that right, boy? Yes, sir. Boy? I say funny things. I'm a comedian. Uh. <laughs> and uh, what do you do, Mrs. Burns? Oh, I help my husband. He's one of the greatest announcers in the radio business. He has a beautiful voice. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Won't you show me what you do, Mr. Burns? Oh, he'll be glad to. <clears throat> Listen. <clears throat> Are you reducing tooth decay with amidant ammoniated tooth? Take a judge. Paste. <laughs> amidant tastes delightful. It leaves your teeth bright and sparkling. Your mouth feeling fresh and clean. Amadent is a grand wake-up tooth... Paste. <laughs> Amadent is recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. Give your entire family the protection of Amadent ammoniated tooth... Would somebody hand me a glass of water for you? Yeah, here. <clears throat> Paste. <laughs> Okay, now, George, that's enough. Mona, even if it means losing you, I've got to tell the truth. George isn't the announcer. Amadent's a great product, and they have the world's greatest announcer to talk about it. But I was just too modest to tell you it was me. Yes, Mona, he's a real shy boy. <laughs> Mr. Burns, if you're not the announcer, what do you do? Well, sit down and show her sugar throat. And if I call you Buttercup, the dandelions might eat you up. So buy a ring and change your name to mine. That's what I do. Oh, you're the sound effects man. No, I'm the script girl. I've got another item here, Mrs. Burns. Folks, uh, I want you to meet Mr. Hanley. How do you do, Mr. Hanley? And we're having the same dinner we had the last time you were here. So will you stop by the Brown Derby and ask them to send over a bottle of bourbon? Stewed chicken again, huh? <laughs> well, uh, excuse me, I'll go in and see Ralph. Hey, George, who's the guy with the loose shingle? One of Gracie's relatives? No, <laughs> well, he's our tax man. He's trying to figure out Gracie's check stubs. Oh, well, that explains it. Come on, Mona. So long, George. Bye. Bye. Four years with the Pee Wee Quartet, and she calls me a sound effects man. I love to call you Rose, dear, but roses fade away. Roses die when wintertime appears. I love to call you Daisy. Oh, Daisy's on. Oh, yes. I, um, I don't think Ralph Hanley should do our text. He's too nervous. You know... He asked me why I bought a thousand ping-pong balls, and when I told him, he seemed upset. Well, why did you buy them? Well, I used them instead of mothballs. <laughs> they don't smell up the closet. What, they don't kill any moths? Oh, yes, they do. When the moths bite into them, there's nothing there, and they starve to death. <laughs> don't let anybody steal this idea from you. It's... Uh, I'll get it. Hello? George, this is Harry Morton. I'm coming over to help you with your income tax. Harry, I've got a tax man. You had one. He just jumped out your window and he's running down the street. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. Gracie, come over here to the window. Look at Ralph Hanley running down the street. Mine's flying, isn't he? Yes. And do you know why? Oh, sure. He's got to get that tax to Washington by March 15th. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs>
Amazing Grace will return in just a moment. Join us again next Wednesday when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Harry Lubin and the Amadent Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Goodwin. Brought to you by the makers of Amadent, the ammoniated toothpaste and tooth powder. Recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. Goodwin speaking for Lever Brothers, makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's purer than finest Castiles. Well, it's Tuesday night again. Hello, come right in. Oh, George, we've got company. Bill Goodwin speaking for Lever Brothers, makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's purer than finest cast. Hello, come right in. Oh, George, we've got company. Bill Goodwin speaking for Lever Brothers, makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's purer than finest Castiles. Well, it's Tuesday night again, time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen, their guest, Frank Sinatra, Felix Mills and his orchestra, and the Swan Tet. And now meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. Here they are. Well, George and Gracie have just returned home from a tour of the army camps where they entertained the boys during their eight-week summer vacation. Ah, uh, home again. Yeah, but wasn't it fun entertaining the soldiers, dear? Yeah. Our trip would have been perfect if it hadn't been for one little thing. What was that, dear? Well, I never got to sing Ain't Misbehavin'. You know, we, we, we kind of built up to the climax of our act, the smash finish, my song... And as soon as I started singing, something would happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'd get right to my favorite part. You know, where I'd sing, uh, Like Jackie Horner in the corner, don't go nowhere, and I don't care. <laughs> that's where it happened. Yeah, somebody always yelled, dismissed. Or somebody always blew a bugle. Yeah. In one camp, they even fired a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it barely missed you. Yeah. That's a shame. Huh? <laughs> and, and dear, you have such a lovely voice, too You really think so? Well, of course I wish you'd sing for me right now, Judge Oh, gee, sweetheart There's just the two of us here <laughs> I feel kind of foolish Oh, please Mama wants to hear her talented little songbird Oh, Gracie, I... Oh, come on Oh, you know that part that you sing so well The part that they always interrupt Well... Okay, I'll give you a little sell. Like Jackie Horner in the corner, don't go nowhere, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Always in the same place. See who's at the door, Gracie. All right, dear. Well, hello, Mr. Postman. Welcome home, Mrs. Burns. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you again. Oh, and it's nice to see you. Did you have a pleasant summer? Suburb, Mrs. Murray. <laughs> I entered a contest at the beach to choose the most perfect specimen of manhood. Naturally, I won. Oh, naturally. Yes. I am now Mr. Seaside Lagoon of 1943. Oh, I'm so proud of you. So am I. Well, I just dropped by to say hello. I'd better get along and deliver this fan mail. Oh, you certainly have a lot of it. Yes, and it's all for Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra? He sings, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. He and painted-on stockings are all the vogue now. Well. <laughs> oh, you see, I I've never heard Frank Sinatra sing. Well, I sing just like him. I'll, I'll show you how I sound. <clears throat> this is just like Frank Sinatra sound. <clears throat> Oh, I should get lost. Why do 
how he sounds? Exactly, Mrs. Burns. Mm. Well, thanks for your welcome, and goodbye, Mr. Postman. Goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling. <laughs> Who's that, dear? Oh, just the postman. Oh, any mail for us? No, none for us, but he had about 10,000 letters for this Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he sings, doesn't he? <laughs> yep, but not as well as you, George. Oh, no, Grace. Oh, I mean it. Why should all the women be absolutely crazy about Frank Sinatra and feel about you, well, the way they do? <laughs> Answer me, why? Well... No, I thought of that. But I meant something else uh, Oh, come in Gracie, darling Why, Tootsie Sagwell Oh, you haven't changed a bit Gracie, is that a nice thing to say to her? Oh, do you mind if I sit down? I'm so excited I can hardly talk Why, Tootsie? I just got the thrill of my life I took a taxi over here And who do you think got out of it Before I got in? Frank Sinatra him again. Oh, the taxi ride over here cost me $4.80. $4.80? Well, you only live five blocks from here. Well, I know, but do you think I'd get out of that cab until the seat cooled off? Uh, I... I say, I... I say, Tootsie. In other words, uh... In other words, you didn't want to lose touch with Sinatra, huh? Of course not. Oh, 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 isn't that awful? Tootsie, what do you see in the man anyhow? What do I see in him? Oh, Gracie, when he sings all or nothing at all, nothing at all never enters my mind. Just to think that my husband has three times the talent Frank Sinatra has. Who has? George, that's who. And he has ten times Frank Sinatra's sex appeal. For what sex? (laughs) All right. All right, you'll see. I'm going to do something about this. Well, hi, you people. Welcome home. Oh, Bill Goodwin. Hello. Hello, Bill. Good to see you. George. Uh, Tootsie, aren't you going to say hello to your dream man? No, Bill. <laughs> Why, Tootsie. Oh, I get it. Bill, she's in love with Frank Sinatra now. Yes, I'm sorry, Bill, but I guess you and I have... Oh, well, that's all right, Tootsie. Personally, I... <laughs> the first time I saw you... <laughs> Just jealous of Frankie. You just ought to see the crowd of women outside of his house when he sings in the shower. Oh, no. Wait a minute, Tootsie. Those women aren't there to hear Frank sing. Huh? No, they're trying to get at that soap he uses. Oh, right. <laughs> well, gee, you know how women go for swan soap. You see, swan is actually four swell soaps in one. The soap for your hands and face for bathing the baby. The soap for your dishes and for your light laundry. Four swell soaps in one. Well, look, I'll tell you a little secret, Bill. George is going to take Frank Sinatra's place as the number one singer. What? Well, let's face it. Can anyone hold a candle to George when he sings? Well, Gracie, come to think of it, that's just how George sounds when he sings. <laughs> how? Like someone was holding a candle to him. <laughs> you forget it, Gracie. This Sinatra boy is dynamite. Why, the girls offered to do his laundry. They clamor to wash his dishes. Uh, d- does he let them? Well, of course not. You think he wants to miss the fun of washing those dishes with swans? <laughs> Why, that swan's an ever-loving suds and whiz. Swan is mild, too. So mild you don't have to worry about rough red hands. Swan helps keep him looking soft and beautiful. Oh, I wonder who's doing Frankie's light laundry. Well, whoever it is, I hope they use Swan, because Swan's a great wartime buy, and Frankie deserves the best. Oh, Frankie, Frankie, that's all I hear. And it's so unfair when George is a much better singer. Ain't misbehaving all Oh, stop. <laughs> Are you two kidding? Why, Frank Sinatra sang in the bowl a couple of Saturdays ago. That's nothing. George sang in the tub. <laughs> Well, I give up. Well, I'm 
going over to see this Frank Sinatra. I'm going to tell him that from now on, my husband will be the one whose autograph they'll fight to get. My husband will be the one whose clothes they'll tear off. Oh, please, Gracie. Oh, please, nothing. <laughs> I, I won't rest, George, until the whole world finds out that you wear pink shorts. Oh. <laughs> at Frank Sinatra's house to tell him that he'll soon be out of a job, that her husband, George Burns, is going to replace him as the nation's swooner crooner. Uh, hello, I'd like to see Frank Sinatra. I'm Frank Sinatra. Oh, oh my goodness. Are you Frank Sinatra? Well, yes. Won't you come in? Well, no, no, thank you. You see, I, um... I have some bad news to tell you, but now that I see you, I haven't got the heart. Why not? Well, you poor boy, you look so hungry. Really, I'm not hungry, Miss Allen. Oh, you recognize me. Well, sure, although I didn't at first. I thought you were a high school kid after my autograph. Oh, you mean one of those teenage girls? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> of course, some people have the mistaken idea that I'm older than that. My, uh, my mother and father, for instance. Uh, what do they know about yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I say. Well, uh, uh, what, what is it that you wanted to tell me? Well, I kind of hate to say it now after you've been such an adorable liar. Well, that's all right. Uh, what's this bad news? Well, you see, I'm married to George Burns. Oh. That is bad. No, I think I know how you feel. You know how I feel? Yes, you see, for a long time, I didn't get much of my salary either. <laughs> oh, but I'm, uh, I'm afraid you, um, you don't understand, Mr. Sinatra. The bad news is for you. For me? Yes. Your career is over. What? My husband sings. Well? Well, there's only room for one spoon of crooner. 
Frank Sinatra or George Burns, so naturally you've got to go. Well, uh, maybe there's room for both your husband and me in the singing business. Oh, no, no. I'm afraid not, Frankie. You see, you're both the same type. I can tell because you both have the same effect on people. Well, what do you mean? Well, when you sing, women swoon. Does that happen when George sings? Well, even men faint. <laughs> yes, uh, I've heard your husband sing, and I can believe that. Oh, sure. Well, I, I guess that's all I have to say, Frankie. Goodbye, and oh, be sure to tune in Saturday night and listen to the hit parade starring George Burns. Now, <laughs> uh, just a moment, Mrs. Burns. I don't claim to be a great singer, but I do know that I'm better than George Burns. Are you out of your mind? No, I, I mean it. Well, there's only one thing to do, then. We'll have a contest and embarrass you publicly. Oh, now, Mrs. Burns, a contest? Oh, afraid, huh? Well, no. As a matter of fact, I'll be broadcasting at CBS this afternoon. So you bring your husband over and we'll let the audience decide. Mm-hmm. You're awfully game, you foolish boy. Oh, just one thing, Mrs. Burns. You know, of course, that the audience is going to be full of young girls. Oh, naturally. What of it? Oh, nothing. But uh, if you want George Burns to win, I think you'd better mix some slow crows in with the slick chicks. <laughs> That's what Sinatra said, huh? Slow crows, mm -hmm. huh? And he said um, to meet him here at CBS and you two could let the audience decide between you. Slow crows, huh? Mm -hmm. He certainly has a lot of cheek. Oh, no, George. They're hollow. <laughs> but it's very becoming. Hmm, I suppose I won't get over with the girls because I haven't got hollow cheeks. Well, you can always open your shirt and show them your chest. <laughs> Thanks, kid. Oh, and another thing about Frankie. He's got a lock of hair that falls across his forehead. It makes him look like a cute little boy. Oh. Maybe that's why the girls go for him. He brings out the mother in them. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but when he sings, they put her away and bring out something younger. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll sing rings around him. You're here, Gracie. Where is he? Where is he? What, uh, what's she doing here? Oh, I promised sister that I'd introduce her to Mr. Sinatra. Gracie. Hello. Are you uh, ready for the contest? Well, we certainly are. Oh, I want you to meet my husband, Mr. Burns. How do you do, sir? Don't shake hands with me. He's George Burns. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Uh, I'm uh, Tootsie Stagwell, Frankie, and I'm one of your most devoted admirers. I buy 50 copies of every record you make. 50 copies of the same record? Uh-huh. Well, you see, she sleeps with them and they break. <laughs> now I've heard everything. On one of your programs, would you sing a song just for me? A song that'll tell me how it feels to, to have a man sweep me into his arms and kiss me and kiss me. Okay. How about you'll never know? <laughs> oh, you're adorable. Oh, now, Tootsie, Tootsie, stop hanging on Mr. Sinatra. Oh, you poor boy. You really should eat more. <laughs> now, look, just take a look at George. He's the breakfast of champions. Looks like the uh, champions didn't leave him much today. <laughs> oh, just a minute, Oh, son. now look, you two boys go into the studio and rehearse. I'll join you in a minute. Come on, Tootsie. Goodbye, Frankie. <laughs> so you're George Burns, eh? Yeah. Ain't misbehaving all by myself. <laughs> Do you think the kids will dig my voice? You should be able to. There's plenty of gravel in it. Okay, Bowtie, where do we hold this contest? Right in here, Studio A. Okay, let's get started. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Burns, you rehearse first. No, no, take it, kid. I don't need a rehearsal. Man, you frighten me. Okay, Felix, let's run through my number, please. Nothing to see. Oh, yes, you are, Frankie. Just glad I'm living and lucky to be. I got a woman, 
crazy for me. She's funny that way. I can't save a dollar, and I ain't worth a cent. She'd never holler. She'd live in a tent. I got a woman. Crazy for me, she's funny that way. Though I know she'd work and slave for me every day. She'd be so much better off if I. Sinatra. You know, when he hits certain notes, all the girls go, oh. They go, what? Oh. And not only that, but they answer him when he sings. Oh, I see. Hey, you ready to start the contest, George? Sure, Bill. Go ahead. Okay, Felix. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to witness radio history. A singing contest between Frank Sinatra, who is adored by millions... And George Burns, who is loved by his wife. <laughs> and now here is the first contestant, George Sugarthroat Burns. <laughs> hey, Felix, 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 wait a minute. I don't need all that orchestra. Atta boy, George, show him up. Yes. I'll sing the same number and just give me a, just a piano player. Yeah, and have him play with only one hand. Okay. <laughs> okay, Felix, let's go. I'm not much to look at. Nothing to see. You said it. <laughs> now you keep quiet, miss. Now I'll do the reactions to my husband's song. Just glad to be living and lucky to be. You said it, George. <laughs> but I've got a woman crazy for me. She's funny that way. Oh. oh. <laughs> What was that? Well, go on, sing. Sing, I'm reacting. I ain't got a dollar. I'm not worth a cent. You said it, George. But she doesn't holler. She'd live in a tent. I got a woman crazy for me. She's funny that way. Oh, what is that? Bill, Bill, help George out. React to his song. Okay, Gracie. Gee... She likes to work and slave for me every day. But she won't have to work and slave if she uses swan soap. Huh? Swan, you know, is four soaps in one. The soap for dishes, for your light laundry, the soap for bathing the baby, and the soap for your complexion. Four swell soaps in one. Let's take that again, Felix. Gee, she likes to work and slave for me every day. She'd be so much better off Using swan soap Bill, please Quiet, George Bill is reacting to your song Yeah, George, quiet And you get a great reaction with swan soap Even babies love it And say, doctors recommend swan for bathing babies Swan's so mild and gentle Swan's pure, too Pure as fine castiles And if it's good for baby Well, swan should be great for anybody's hands and face, right? If I went away But why should I leave? That's right, Lever. Lever Brothers Company makes swan. 
And remember, you can break swan in two and put half in the kitchen for dishes and light laundry and half in the bath for your hands and face, tub or shower. Oh, shut up. I don't want any more reaction. I've only got eight bars left to top Sinatra. Come on, Felix. Give me all you've got. Why should I leave her? Why should I go? She'd be unhappy without me, I know. I got a woman crazy for me. She's funny that way. Oh. <laughs> well, Mr. Sinatra, after hearing that, I suppose you'd like to call the contest off? No, Mrs. Burns. Call me a fool if you like, but I think I have a fighting chance. Well, all right, if you insist. Because I've never heard you sing. But can a sparrow compete with a nightingale? Well, at least I'll try. Won't you tell me when We will meet again Sunday, Monday, or always If you're satisfied I'll be at your side Sunday, Monday, or always No need to tell me now What makes the world go round When at the sight of you My heart begins to pound and pound And what am I to do? Can I be with you Sunday, Monday, or always? Won't you tell me when we will meet again? Sunday, Monday, or always? And if you're satisfied, I'll be at your side Sunday, Monday, or always No need to tell me now What makes the world go round When at the sight of you My heart begins to pound and pound what am I to do? Can I be with you Sunday, Monday, or Mrs. Burns, do you still think your husband is the better singer? Mrs. Burns. Hmm? <laughs> uh, oh, what did you say, Frankie? I said, do you still think your husband is the better singer? Your husband? What husband, Frankie? Gracie, Gracie, he wants to know if I'm better than he is. Hmm, George Burns, take me home and don't you ever open your mouth again. <laughs> back in a second and say while I'm standing here I might mention that no woman has to go around with her hands looking all red and chapped and rough simply because she washes her own dishes and does her own light laundry. If you've got your hands in soap and water a great deal, just make sure the soap is swan. Swan's as pure as fine castiles and swan's so mild and gentle it's kind to even a baby's tender skin. So certainly it's going to be kind to your hands and help keep them looking beautiful. That makes sense, doesn't it? Try Swan. It's a great wartime buy, believe me. Well, here they are again, George and Gracie. George. Don't speak to me. Are you mad? Downright I am. Oh, now that's silly. 
Frank Sinatra means nothing to me. Really? Really. The very idea of grown women acting like schoolgirls just because of him. Well, I certainly... Gracie, what are you doing? Putting on my bobby socks. <laughs> the makers of Swan, the new white floating soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in to your CBS station again next week, same time. Remember George Burns and Gracie Allen, CBS, next Tuesday night. Don't forget to listen to Swan's other show, Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou, next Friday night over another network. Now, till next week, this is Bill Goodwin saying, Well, I, Swan, how about you? Good night, everybody. Worried about food shortages? Get your vitamins and minerals with Vims. Vims are different, scientifically designed to help make meals complete. Get Vims from your druggist, the qualified vitamin dealer. VI for vitamins, double MS for minerals. Vims. Get that Vims feeling. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thanks for joining us at Radio Days, your golden age radio sampler. Make sure to email us and let us know what your favorite shows are so we can bring other episodes up. Our email is 1001storiespodcast.com. And you iTunes listeners, keep those reviews coming. That's how we grow. Radio Days will be back in just a few days. We'll see you then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.